Hello there, Box Office Bros listeners. This is Corey Osborne, your Box Office Bro. And this is Chance Oliver, the other Box Office Bro. You know, for, for some reason today, we're mixing it up and we're both going to be on this the intro thingy. It's because I suggested it. Oh, yeah. But yeah. today, we're going to talk about how critics like Toy Story. Yeah, we're going to talk about another Pixar project coming up in exactly one year. We're also going to be talking about Marvel going back into Hall H again for the first time in like two years. We're also going to be talking about Keanu again because he's going to be in, you know, another Marvel movie or a Marvel movie. A Marvel movie. Yeah. And uh, Avengers Endgame is getting a post credit scene because they didn't see fit to do it the first time. <laughs> for sure. They're just trying to make all that money. And we're also going to be talking about some controversial bits about um, different things of the Me Too movement and Max Landis right now. Stuff with going on with him. And we'll yeah. talk we'll talk about how Men in Black got kind of discombobulated by producers and directors not agreeing on what's what. And we're also going to talk about Spider-Man and how um, J.J. Abrams and his son is doing a new Spider-Man project. And we're also going to talk about how Spider-Man Far From Home is getting some pretty good social media reactions. It's a great show. And and, and yeah, I keep up with a recurring joke that um, you're a ghost. Your friend Jake killed me. That is that <laughs> I'm a ghost. That is true. You are a ghost. But with that being said, have fun listening. Hello, box office bros. This is your host with the most, Corey Osborne. I don't know. I was really relishing the most with that. <laughs> but anyways, we have our boy, as always, Chance here. Yes, I am the disembodied voice of Chance Oliver. Ooh, now ah, still, still a ghost. Ooh, ah, spooky. Okay. <laughs> don't invest in Bitcoin. Ooh. <laughs> Honestly, you're like the ghost of good decisions future. Our yeah. Desertions, yeah, I think that's really, really funny. But we don't have a, buy oceanfront property. <laughs> Ooh. We have a great, um, <laughs> we have a great show lined up for y'all today. Um, you know, we're just so we're just gonna get ourselves we're gonna get right, right into this just, business. Yeah, we're gonna get right into this. Toy Story Four. Critics gotta see it. I'm I'm watching it tomorrow night. I'm really excited to see it tomorrow night. Um, and let's just read. I'm just reading off some critics. Um, views on it, just little bits of it. Matt Zoller um, cites from robertrogerebert.com says, a movie that speaks simultaneously to us, to itself, and to all of its predecessors, and to the culture that helped shape it. And it has helped, yeah. And basically it says, um, let me look at another one. Although parting is such a sweet sorrow, I hope this is a goodbye. It's time to go, and the ending offers a graceful, hopeful exit. And that's um, James um, Berardinelli from Real Views. And there's another one. This is the last one I'm going to do. Is for millennial, and this is from Ty Bird from the Boston Globe. <laughs> for millennial audiences who've grown up with Woody and the gang over the years of Toy Stories, the movie may seem... A minor miracle, proof that faith can be helped and uh, can be kept in a faithless world. Isn't that so sweet? Wow! Like those are really good reviews. Like usually, and I'm just going from the first page. Like usually, the first page has like at least one kind of negative yeah. one in there, even if it's like a ninety because it's at a ninety eight percent of Rotten Tomatoes right now. Like That's usually, pretty good, boss. Exactly. Like usually, they'll have like one 
Mm-hmm. Like one of the negatives, like the Armand Whites of the world. Yeah, one, one, nine, <laughs> one ninety-year-old dude who hates fun. No, yeah, exactly. In animation. Exactly. So it's like one of those deals where it's just a little bit like, meh. Like he he saw Steamboat Willie and he's like, this is just a fad. No more animation. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's you're completely fine, man. Uh, uh, yeah, like I, I especially that last one that just like really popped out to me. I was really, I thought that was really sweet and really cool. But um, what do you think about these Toy Story reviews? I'm kind of getting goosebumps a little bit. Like just just the fact that um, I just Toy Story is so special for people pretty much five years older than me and five years younger than me. Just. It's very universal. It's very universal. You'll even see toys that you played with in those movies and it will actually like get you mm-hmm. because that's like, cause I was watching toy story three, the telephone. I mm-hmm. had that. Yeah. I had that too. Yeah. Like the Fisher price one. Yeah. And it literally had the same Fisher price and it was even frayed in the same way that it frays when it just gets older. And I thought that was hilarious and amazing. But anyways, continue on. Yeah. With like saying. I have a feeling that I'm just going to have to dehydrate myself to the point of <laughs> no dangerous tears. so i don't ball my eyes out I, that's hilarious i'll just look sad it's like dude i think you should go to the hospital no it's fine <laughs> <laughs> but um i can't wait to see it it's just i know people have been harping on these pixar sequels for good reason on some of them but i think with incredibles 2 being pretty good you know after mm-hmm. you know a decade no, 13, was a 14-year wait? Yeah, the it, Incredibles was a while, two. it was a while. And Toy Story 4 is a nine-year wait from three, but I think it's going to be... Has it really been nine years? Yeah, I think it was 2010 when oh, it came shoot. out. shoot. That's crazy. Like, I remember I remember seeing it. Like, I remember walking out of the theater. I remember, because it was in Blair, Nebraska, and it was really rainy when I left. I'm like, uh-huh. I'm sad. <laughs> oh, no, that's, that's a, it's a good movie. Yeah, so... Just hearing that Toy Story 4 is lives up to it, like, because a lot of people, like, including me, I was, like, worried, is Toy Story 4 is going to... But the trailers look so yeah, good. They look the good. The trailers looked so good, and there's, like, Duke Kaboom in it, which is Keanu Reeves, yeah. the Keanu Sans, which yeah. we're even going to talk about how the Keanu Sans is even growing Whoa. more. Whoa. <laughs> me and a friend have a fan theory, but we can get to that on a different podcast, but, um... You should totally just plug your podcast that you have, your other one. Just, oh, uh, okay, I'm okay with you plugging it. All right. It's called Underachievers Games. You can find us on the Podbean on app. On Podbean, on the Podbean app and on Spotify. Yeah. Uh, Jake, you might be hearing him on this podcast soon, but that boy is very busy in Ames, Iowa, because. Dude, I was in Ames last weekend. Oh, damn. Yeah, that's where I went to I should have had. I sh- Honestly, missed opportunity. We hung out. I'm so I sorry, like, Jake. I could have been like, "Yo, Jake, let's be podcast bros." <laughs> I'm like, you get on one, you get on your one on, on your knee and everything. You're like, oh, "Lady, you my podcast bro." bro. Do- and you microphone <laughs> up to their mouth. <laughs> it's like, "Yo, man, let's go to Zombie Burger and uh, get Dude, our deets." I, honestly, I really would have been down to go to Zombie Burger and chat with a fool about some movies and video games. Dang it. I really would have gone. Down. Okay. So or I would have gone to Bebop's. Those are both some really good burgers. Jake is a there. good, one of the good friends I made at Iowa Western. He okay. currently, he, he moved to Ames, Iowa because his girlfriend is a nurse and why that's important. Me, All my a- friends are just moving to Ames for their girlfriends. Yeah, I know. Crazy. Well, the thing is, uh, congratulations, the, Jordan and Kelly. I know you're listening. Anyways, <laughs> his, his girlfriend, <laughs> Ashley is a nurse and me and Jake are in the broadcast industry. And uh-huh. for those of you who are not in the broadcast industry, 
a nurse makes way more than someone <laughs> That's exactly going like, into the broadcast no, what's industry. What's really funny is everybody's like, oh, so your girlfriend's studying to be a nurse. I'm like, yes, I know she's going to make more money than me. <laughs> like, I'm very aware of this. <laughs> like, you know, when you're in broadcast, when you're in broadcasting. You do it because you love it. Pretty yes, much, just the way you go. You any girl you kind of like can probably be your sugar mama because <laughs> of how little of how little you make. Okay, let's uh, get back. Love on you, the Jake. We'll, let's get back. We'll have him on the podcast soon, and we'll probably be on his. Anyway, let's moving on. on Toy, Toy Story, Story. Four. <laughs> Sorry about that segue. It was a nice one, though. It was. It was. It's very natural. Like, we don't want to be robots, <laughs> but I'm a ghost, so I can't be a robot. No. <laughs> um, I can't wait for Toy Story Four. Like, yeah. I like how, like in the trailers, they have, like I said, Keanu, like. That one of him just going like, no, and like him arguing with Barbie <laughs> makes me so happy. And I like how I know some people don't like putting like Keegan Michael Key and Jordan Peele and everything, but I thought their characters look. I think funny. I think their characters look hilarious, and plus they haven't even really teamed up on like a ton of things lately. No, it's just you been like, I mean? like Jordan Peele doing his directing and Keegan and Michael Key like big and. Literally everything. No, yeah. It's like one of those things where it's... I don't think it's bad. I think they're a good mix. They have yeah. great chemistry. They've had great chemistry for most of their career. And and they're and both so doing it well. works. And it works. So, like, why, why get in the middle of something that, like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it? And it's one of those things where... Have you ever seen the show Fargo? No. Have you watched the movie at all? No. Okay, well... I will. You need to watch... You need to check out the movie and the show. Personally, I think the show is actually better than the movie, which might be a little... um you know, unpopular, yeah, yeah. but um, Keegan-Michael Key and um, Jordan Peele are actually two characters in it. And Ooh. they like they're sure they're the comic relief, but it's mm-hmm. actually a drama of a show. Oh, that's good. And so it's like a, it's a, like kind of a dramatic kind of it's a Coen Brothers stuff. It's kind of like yeah. Coen Brothers style. And so it's really interesting seeing it them in that role. So I think they can do a variety of things. That's what I'm kind of getting at. Yeah, they so can I do think everything. That, so I think that I... I really like it. I really like the whole aspect of a forky, <laughs> like some like Spork- is it sporky Spork- or forky? I think it might be sporky. It, it okay. could be sporky, but I think it's adorable <laughs> that I, he's like he's like I've known Woody my whole life. Uh, it's been a day. I, <laughs> I just love it. I just want to point this out real quick. Like the the development of Sheriff Woody from the first Toy Story to Toy Story Four. Like, mm-hmm. just, like, how much he's changed, because, like, in the first Toy Story, Woody was kind of a jerk, and he's no, just, like... he's, like, a kind of, like... Do I push like Buzz out ass. this window? Exactly. He's, like, jealous of Buzz. And now he's just, like, all right, we might all die, but we gotta go get Sporky back right now. Because he's Bonnie's toy. I know. And that's just, like, super sweet, and I'm just really excited for Bo Peep to come back. I'm really excited to see what happens, <laughs> and I'm just, like, honestly... Bo Peep is Emperor Palpatine. I am... I haven't been like this excited for like a movie or hype to like check out a movie since Endgame. So I'm like, ooh, excited. I'm really excited to check this movie it's out. It's been six weeks, darn it. I know, but I'm like, you know what I mean? Where it's right, just yeah, like, yeah. It's like, like oh. I'll go to a movie casually. Like I go, to, I went to Aladdin casually. Oh, like, like different things like that. Like where you get restless just kind of waiting for like Endgame. I was just like. Come on. Yeah, exactly. I'm like kind of feeling like that because even though it's a day and I'm like, I know it's like, I want to go like, when are you checking out? Probably Um, this weekend. Okay. Like if like just like an end game is like if the Internet spoils it for me, I will launch a tactical nuke on something. I feel you. I feel you. (laughs) Target every single one of Google servers, (laughs) but not the stadium ones. No. (laughs) 
dude. Nobody in Nebraska has good enough internet to no. do Stadia. Like, it's kind of ridiculous. Like, Lincoln might be able to play it with, like, 10 seconds of latency. <laughs> well, that's about <laughs> no, it. No, like, I can't even play the 7... T- set, um, at my internet here, I can't even do it on 720p. <sighs> no, dude, because the internet's just awful here. So it it's, is. like, one of those things where it's, like, nah... It's just not going to work everywhere. Like if, cloud-based gaming just won't work. But if, I'm, I, we, we can if Topeka, not. Kansas can't get it by changing their name to Google, Omaha's not going to get it. <laughs> That's a deep but, internet cut for you. But no, it's just like, yeah. But Toy Story. Toy Story. Yeah. <laughs> you got a friend in me. Dude, I love, I love that. Can't wait for the new song. Yeah. <laughs> Randy Newman, why am I still here? <laughs> why am I still here? <laughs> I thought I was done I got- after <laughs> Bugs Life. <laughs> but Pixar, uh, Pixar threw a money bomb on me. <laughs> I'm swimming in dollars. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like Ebenezer Duck Scrooge. <laughs> 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 Oh, God, what have we done? He just, like, jumps in a vat of golden coins and, like, breaks all of his bones. I broke my fibia. I, <laughs> I broke my fibia. <laughs> duh, duh, duh. I broke my fibia. Okay, what's our next topic? <laughs> okay, so, speaking of Pixar, there is a new Pixar movie, Corey. I know, it's coming out a year from yesterday. A year from, like, yesterday. It's going to be coming out. Sounds like a great song title. But a year from yesterday. Okay, anyways. It wouldn't be a podcast without me like bursting out this song at this point. <laughs> no, it wouldn't be. So when I when I first read the article you sent me, I said it is like Doctor <laughs> yes. Strange, I don't, but a I Pixar did, movie. I didn't acknowledge your joke, but I think it's quite funny. I thought it was quite funny. I don't know why I didn't acknowledge your joke, but I thought it was you're really a, funny. You're a, just kidding. You're a nice guy. Um, oh, no, you're right. I am a jerk. Don't worry. You can just you can just say that and hurt my feelings. It's okay, Chance. It's you're fine. a beef jerky. You're fine. It's, it's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's but you're really okay. tasty beef jerky. I'm okay. Thanks. Well, that, <laughs> that sounded weirder that sounded, than I thought it would. That sounded super weird, but I, it, it's, it's hey, all Hey, man, good. you're my dried no. meat. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that, that, and you went ahead and said something even weirder. See, I just upped the ante, and I, love I don't know how to stop. That's that's good. That's good. <laughs> but yeah, there's a new um, Pixar film coming out. It's called Soul. Soul. Yes, it is called Soul. And, you know, on the tweet that I'm kind of going around with, but... Disney at yeah, D23? Yeah, Disney at D23. And like, basically they're saying that it's about the souls... Let me see here. It says it describes um, a journey from the streets of New York um, to cosmic realms to discover the answer of life's most important questions. A.K.A. Doctor Strange. Yeah. And it's like one of those things where it's coming from uh, Pete Doctor, which is the guy who directed Up and the guy who directed um, uh, Inside Out. Uh-oh. And so, you know, we're going to cry. <laughs> um, Dang it. So it's like one of those things where I, I don't think it's Pete Doctor's, um, like, I don't think he wants people to cry in his films. I just think he's he very people in tune. feel. I think he's so in tune with emotions mm-hmm. and his subject matters really have to do a lot with the heart. 
and a lot with who we are. Because if you notice, there's a through line between movies like Up and mm-hmm. Inside Out and that stuff. Like, the thing is, is like, they're very personal films mm-hmm. and stuff like that when you really think about it, when you really think about them. And I think that this is has room to do it. And I think Pixar has done a really good job um, like, cause the thing is I'm going to show my kids, if I ever have kids, I'm going to show them all Pixar movies. Like I'm going to show them inside out. I'm going to show them up. And the reason why is because these, especially with inside out, these films like really show children that it's important to have their emotions and mm-hmm. it's okay to have their emotions it's... and all of these different things. And it, it displays them in such a sweet way. Like I remember crying in inside out, not because it was sad, Mm -hmm. but crying because it was so relatable to me. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that, you know, one of Riley's friends died or something sad. It wasn't like a bridge of Terabithia sad. It was, no, yeah, it was like one of the things where, Oh God, bing bong. Don't even, Oh gosh. Anyways, it wasn't, um, it wasn't like a bing bong kind of sadness, but, or it was though, but it wasn't that kind of sadness where like somebody died or somebody passed on. It was the kind of sadness of, um, have you ever felt so empty because mm-hmm. of the situation that you've right. been in? Have you ever felt depressed even as, cause the thing is whether we know it or not, you know, you see a kid and you think they're happy, but honestly kids deal with the same anxiety, the same mm-hmm. depression that adults do. And I think that a lot of these stories are really beneficial for kids to watch yeah, like so okay that they to, know, yeah. you know, it's okay to feel, feel. these things. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why I'm so excited that Pete doctor is on this project and, just with the name and everything, mm-hmm. I just know it's going to be something special. Yeah, it'll be good. And I'm so glad that Disney's or Pixar is making original content again. And I'm, I'm so happy about that. And I'm glad that they're doing the route of announcing it, and a year later it'll come out. I'm so sick of, oh hey, we're doing this movie, and then like I feel like it was forever never mind. ago when they announced Toy Story four. To be it honest, it was. Like, well, originally Toy Story 4 was supposed to come out last summer and Incredibles 2 was supposed to come out this summer, but then they flipped release dates, which I'm pretty happy about. Yeah, it was really nice seeing Toy Story, or um, Incredibles. Like, I know people don't like Incredibles. I, I don't want to rant on I Incredibles. Like Inc- I like the Incredibles I like Incredibles too. too like, I like it quite a bit. Like, I quote it all the time. It's like, <laughs> it's like I eat lightning and crap thunder because I'm Mr. Incredible, baby. I'm like... <laughs> Oh, Bob Parr, I love you. No, it's a really good movie. I, is it like, is, is it, it good the first one? Is it huge? Is it extremely new? Like Brad Bird said that he wasn't going to do Incredibles 2 unless he got a story that he thought could expand and be better. And I don't know if it's any better than the first one, but it's still pretty damn still good. Still a good movie. So it's like one of those things where I, like, I don't hate it. I think that you honestly, like a bad movie is a bad movie. Like, sorry, like, but it's not objectively a bad movie. It flows well. It is edited well. It is well written. So it's like one of those things like, yeah, opinion are fine. Yes, but I'm just fine. saying that you can't say that that movie's a bad movie. Like, I genuinely question your basis on how you judge movies then. I get it if you like, or like if someone loyal, really That's loves fine. the original Incredibles and like, Maybe it was just disappointing to them. I get it. Oh, no, yeah. I understand being fine disappointed, on its own but not saying that it's bad. Like, I just get a really, um, I get kind of peeved when it's when people are like, it's bad. Like, I don't think it's bad. Brad Bird knows how to direct, like, superhero action in creative ways. So if Brad I Bird really ever makes a Superman movie, if he ever does a superhero, like, live action, do it. Like, I really want Tomorrowland to never happened. Just forget about it, Brad. He was supposed to, yeah, we already talked about this. He's the first choice to direct episode seven. I think that would be an interesting choice. Dang it, Brad. I think anyway. that, I think him with, um, 
what's his face's script uh wrote um toy story three. Oh, um, well, um michael Arndt. yes yeah michael Arndt. i believe Arndt. yeah i think so really really talented writer i s- and he wrote that alongside of George Lucas. I still stand by that would be a really good script to read. Like, I yes. really, I would really love to read that script. But Disney will not let anybody read that script. Ever. Oh, what are you doing, fella? Oh, oh what happened? Oh, no. Your, your hand got chopped off. Oh. <laughs> oh, Goofy, come in. Oh, you look. Oh, oh, God. I can't believe we did that again. Also, it won't be a podcast unless we, like, defile <laughs> the mainstays of right in the childhood <laughs> yeah exactly but bad chance bad okay all right so moving on from one disney asset to another marvel studios after saying they weren't gonna be at hall h yeah at comic-con they're kind of like doing yes we are gonna be yeah at they're gonna be at hall h this year and the thing is, is people are thinking does it have a lot to do with DC not being at Hall H this year. And here's the deal. Do you know what they get from a Hall H panel? Nothing. San Diego Comic-Con is what gets the money. Mm-hmm. They're the people who book that and everything are the ones that get the money. And rightfully so. Yeah. Because the thing is, they're getting free exposure. Like Marvel's getting free exposure. But the thing is, no. Marvel can get free exposure and money if they go to D23. So it just makes more sense for them to do stuff at D23. So I think it's a really interesting move for them yeah, to go to like, Hall H. But I only I only have two ideas on what they're going to do. Do you think they're going to do... I think it makes sense to announce their slate there. I think it makes perfect sense because then... D23 um, or uh, Comic-Con? When's D23, though? Like mid-August. Okay, but I'm saying because Comic-Con's first then. Yeah. Because Comic-Con's in July, June. or And it's right after Spider-Man Far, yeah, that's, uh, Far that's From Home. That's exactly what I'm saying. It's exactly, it's after Far From Home. So, uh, like, what's stopping them from announcing their slate there? And sure, maybe they can make um, D23, like, the footage place. Or they can make D20, like, they'll probably have a sizzle reel of Black, mm-hmm. Black Widow by then. Yeah. And... They'll probably announce the start of filming for um, Shang-Chi. Uh, no, not Shang-Chi. The Eternals. Um, the Eternals. Probably not Shang-Chi quite yet. Shang-Chi will probably be. Maybe they'll announce casting. Sh- yeah, but Shang-Chi, I think it will start filming in 2020. I don't think it's coming out in 2020 okay. or anything like that. Well, my, probably a 2021 release. Yeah, well, because my thought was that I thought like Disney was really under this thing of making D23 a big thing. And... I feel like making it a big thing would be having the Marvel Phase 4 announcement there. So, but I guess if they just want to backtrack that, or maybe they are still doing it at D23, but maybe maybe they're just going to show off some, maybe they have Black Widow footage, or maybe they have like casting on the Eternals or Shang-Chi, or they're going to show off some footage or trailers for um, all their new D- uh, Disney Plus shows coming in November, because mm-hmm. we haven't seen anything for shows that are going to drop in Let's see, we're in June, so July, August, September, October, four months from now, and we haven't seen anything except posters and just reading around casting news. So it could be that, and maybe they'll walk, and maybe I'm going to rough transition to this, maybe they'll walk out Keanu Reeves as a character in Eternals or something. Yeah. The Keanu Sans keeps going. I know, because the thing is, our boy Keanu, the Keanu Sans goes on goes on strong he is actually in talks he's talking with kevin feige kevin kevin feige even said yes yeah we're talking with him and the thing is is that bill senkovich um who does who's done amazing art 
for Daredevil, has done amazing art for X-Men, and he's just like, like, for instance, like, he is probably the best, like, like, I love his artwork for Daredevil. Like, he's just mm-hmm. a very talented guy, but he also does art for Moon Knight and for a certain amount of Moon Knight comics, and he's like, I really want Keanu to play Moon Knight, and I'm like, <laughs> shoot. Hmm. I actually think that's a, cra- a crazy choice, and I think they, like, I think it's about time that they do a Moon Knight movie. Like, seriously, it doesn't make sense. I know he's weird. Mm. And I know his, like, Whoa. origin story is super convoluted, but you can condense it. Like, I th- you can condense it for people. I think we're at the point with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but the audience is much more accepting of weird things. Nah, yeah, I think you're right. Like, I think you're right as well. I think that the first Avengers, then Guardians of the Galaxy, then Doctor Strange and Ant-Man have... Just kind of like slowly easing into the deeper end of the whack that is comic books and just complete weirdness that can happen. So I think they're more accept. They're definitely more accepting now than they were in 2014. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. But yeah, it's just like one of those things where I'm really just stoked for the future of the MCU. And I'm not like one of those people who want to stay in the past and are signing Mm -hmm. petitions to get um, Robert Downey Jr. back. I'm sorry. Have you ever ever thought about the fact that Donald Trump or Donald Trump, um, (laughs) um, Robert Downey? I don't know why I said Donald Trump. Uh, um, Robert Downey <laughs> Jr. <laughs> wrong. Uh, Robert Downey Jr., you know, maybe he doesn't want to be in a movie, a Marvel movie anymore. Have you ever thought about that? Maybe. Have you ever thought about the fact that it costs, like, so much money to have him in these movies, too? Yeah. Like, ridiculous amounts? Like, even if he's, like, a... Even if he's, like, a hologram in these movies, it'll cost a lot. So, like, shoot. So, you know how, like, people are thinking about, like, when uh, that, that footage of Peter putting on the glasses... From that one trailer. Yeah. Instead of hologram Tony Stark, it's just Keanu Reeves from the cyberpunk trailer. It's like, get up, Peter. We have a world to burn. (laughs) (laughs) It would be funny if it was like him and it's just like Keanu Reeves being like, I love movies. I love making. (laughs) I love love watching movies. I love making movies. That's such a pure video, by the way. Like, gosh, we love Keanu. And, like, I was explaining to my girlfriend why everybody loves Keanu, and it's partly because he's just kind of a, a sad soul. Yeah. It's like his best friend died. His, mm-hmm. um, uh, the mother of his child, um, also passed away. Mm-hmm. Like, they, she passed away in childbirth. So her yeah. daughter and her, um, wife and his, um, girlfriend at the time had also died. So he's mm-hmm. just like a really lonely guy. And so the world's very like, relatable. Exactly. So it's like one of those things where, like, he's very connected with loss and a lot of people feel that and they're like, understand the loneliness that comes with loss. Mm-hmm. So people are like, we love Keanu. Everybody help Keanu because yeah. he seems to be such a good and positive person. Yeah. And people will say, yeah, he's even like really, really great. Mm hmm. Just like in person in, with, in with people and stuff like that. So like, like, I think this, the internet loves Keanu and people like, in general love Keanu. Like everyone loves an underdog story. Exactly. Lo- love just to see someone who's been dealt a bad hand succeed. Mm-hmm. Indeed. So like that's what I was explaining, like why mm-hmm. like Keanu is just like amazing to people. So yeah. <laughs> Keanu, RSA. <laughs> no, but yeah. We, we have a, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be real dang good. Oh, it's gonna be great. Oh, it's, oh, great. <laughs> it's, it's great. It's great, man. So speaking man. of... Uh, Great things that you know can are leave. gonna you know, are gonna drain our drain our wallets, drain our wallets again. Those dang old dang old Disney execs. dang old dino, yeah. So the so so the Marvels are deciding to are decided to do a little Pixar sh- Pixar show and re re release a movie. They're re they're re releasing they're re releasing Rocket Man. 
Yeah. You know that movie? Mm-hmm. You know that movie? I'm trying to think about I'm trying to think of the name off the top of my head, but have you ever heard of the movie Rocket Man? No, I've heard of the Rocketeer. Okay, well, here's the funny. No, it's just this goofy movie about this guy who goes up to space and everybody um, and he's like really dumb and he mistakenly like wakes like the monkey that goes into space with them goes into his pod. So he's like there all this time just by himself. And then he's freaking out and it's a zany comedy. And it's funny because the dude who wrote and directed a lot of the episodes for Chernobyl, HBO's Chernobyl directed Mm -hmm. it. And so like he had flop after flop after flop. And then all of a sudden he did Chernobyl and like the rocket man is one of them. But what I'm getting at is a funny story is that my siblings and I, once we wanted to watch the rocketeer at blockbuster idiot of video. So rocket man, you know, yeah, we wanted to watch. No, I mean, we wanted to to watch the rocketeer. Okay. But yeah, I know that's a, me a little bit but wow we were at blockbuster video it's a fine movie and like no we were watching we weren't gonna watch rocketeer mm-hmm. and then we go in and then we're like oh yeah it's like the rocket man right and you know how they have like the they just they don't have the actual covers no yeah um, you just like pick up the little pick up the little thing and it's the blockbuster video cover and it just says rocket man yeah kids and you so had to go rent movies before you could put, stream them so we put in the rocket man the rocket man dvd and oh boy oh boy that is not the rocketeer <laughs> Oh, no. It was, uh, completely the opposite. It's hilarious. I just thought that's a really funny story. But oh, that's good. Um, what we were actually getting at is that they're re-releasing Endgame. Um, that's still in theaters. Yeah, they're re-releasing Endgame with some po- extra, extra post-credits footage, and they are also going to add some bonus features. So it's almost like you're watching the DVD or Blu-ray yeah. of Endgame. They totally want to push So they're just trying Avatar. to push it over to get to Avatar. Like, honestly, <laughs> that's really where it's at. I didn't know that Disney was going to be like... I don't know. I don't know if petty's the best word, but like, I didn't know that Disney was gonna be like, yeah, we're just gonna get this because in the slew of thing, two hundred or like two billion, like two two billion dollars is a lot of money. Two point seven point four eight billion dollars. Exactly. Like that's a lot of money. Like the only defense, you know, the defense of the multi-billion-dollar uh, entertainment conglomerate, uh, the Walt Disney Corporation. The only thing I could see about this is they it wasn't ready. Like the post credit scene wasn't ready. That's the only problem. That or they, um, either that or it's like fantastic. I don't think it's X Men related. Either that or it's either that or it's Fantastic Four related, and they couldn't shoot it until a certain time. Or that that's that That is certainly true. That could definitely be it. I heard there was a Stan Lee tribute as well. I really hope there is. That would be really sweet. That would be really sweet. Just because he deserves the biggest attributes. And I'm mm-hmm. sad that he's not going to really be in any more of these movies. So. I think they're lying to us and he is going to be in Spider-Man Far From Home. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, Endgame's his last one. I'm like, no, it's not. Don't lie to me. Because I, I remember they were filming this movie back in like November or like October, November. And, he, you know, he passed away in November. But he definitely filmed the cameo for that movie. Yeah, I hope so. But because well, Spider-Man's his, you know, exactly. And it would be very it, fitting for yeah. it to be the end. Yeah. And the then, last cameo. And then maybe his paintings up on a wall or I don't know for sure. For I, sure. On the, in the next one or he's just like on a billboard doing something wacky. Um, <laughs> yeah. Avengers. So and if it's the case where it's not, you know, uh, John Krasinski in a Fantastic Four outfit or something else that they couldn't film until they got the rights to uh all the Fox properties, mm-hmm. then darn it, Disney. Yeah, could have just put it in in the first place. Yeah. Come on, like, dog. They really could have, but 
I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna it. see it anyway. <laughs> see it. I'll probably I'm a see it. Disney you Marvel cock. You want to see it together? Let's, yeah, let's see it together. See it. My, my parents haven't seen it yet, and I'll probably see it twice more now. <laughs> Sounds good. No, like yeah, I'm excited. I'm actually pretty excited for it, and I hate that. It's funny because that's like the joke on Twitter. Everybody's like, "Oh, we're complaining about it, but are we gonna see it? Yes, yes we are. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch it, but I won't like it. Yeah, you know, no, that's funny. <laughs> it better be. I think I said this before. It better be Thor and Star Lord setting up a Bowflex in the ship <laughs> that to, get, would, to get fit. That would be hysterical. I think that'd be so funny. But uh, <laughs> you know, anyways, do you have anything else to say before we go on break? Um, hashtag beat our Tower Two K nineteen. Okay, we're gonna go on a quick break, Rooney, and we'll see you soon. Hey there, guys. We are back with the box office bros podcast thank you for listening to our sponsors and thank you sponsor for being a sponsor we appreciate it you're cool giving us money it's fun nice (laughs) (laughs) amen but we're um gonna talk about some stuff that we don't normally talk about in the podcast and a lot of podcasts don't really talk about this a lot because there are a lot of movie news stuff they're like oh yeah this is movie news, so we're going to talk about box office. We're going to talk about <laughs> movies and all that jazz. Is that we're Kermit? Not gonna, yeah, oh, yeah. We're oh. not going to talk about anything controversial. It's like the but, um, third time I've had like a Kermit impression done in the last three days. <laughs> but, That's a story for a different time. Um, One of my favorite writers and filmmakers in the business right now is going through a lot of yeet, um, and rightfully so. His name is Max Landis. Um, he's the son of John Landis. And um, he wrote and he wrote movies like Chronicle, um, which people America liked. Ultra, America Ultra, Bright, which people, people didn't like. People didn't like all that much. And he just has a lot of um, he has a lot. of He's like a very eclectic writer, very unique writer. And he was shining as one of the best. He was growing and becoming one of the best writers in the business because he's just a weird guy. And he's this dude who can just pitch anything. But with that being said, um, there's always been, like a few years ago, people came out of the woodwork and they were saying things about him that he was not treating women correctly. And I'm just going to read a few excerpts of this article from the Daily Beat or from um, yeah the Daily Beast and um, Ava Zimmerman, who's a very good entertainment reporter. Go ahead and follow her on Twitter and everything like that. Like it's very chic. This is a very good article, and I'm not going to read all of the article because it would just it would make my kind of this whole section of the podcast kind of moot, to be honest. Yeah. But um, this is basically it says um, eight women accuse Hollywood filmmaker Max Landis of emotional and sexual abuse. Um, we're not people to him is one of the quotes that of one of the women who said that. And Ooh. it's just very harrowing. And, and it says that he has been um, he's had just a pattern of sexual abuse. And it says how it kind of begins. It says when Annie Baker decided to um, post her Max Landis warning on social media last week, it was in one word, it was in one word protect. She had been extremely upset to learn that Max Landis, the screenwriter behind Chronicle still had um, videos of um, Baker posted in the highlight section of his Instagram. Despite he had, she had in fact broken up with him months ago and demanded um, no contact. Baker um, figured that new vulnerable woman entering Landis's life would quickly find her page. Um, if you if you found my page via Max Landis, hi Baker wrote, 
I'm going to give you some direct info that I wish I had gotten because of the experience and aftermath of this person is very destructive and it will be riddled in pain and emotional work that you don't need to spend your precious energy on. And then it goes on to saying that, um, like, like basically I'm just going to get to the crux what of he, it. What he's done. What he's done. Basically he has, um, and, um, this is kind of mature subject matter all the way, by the way. And, but basically what he will do is that he, one of his girlfriends, he like slapped her on the butt and then she playfully slapped him in the butt. And he said, do not do that. He said, do not do this. Do that again. Or I will effing kill you. And he threatens to murder these women. And then he sexually abuses them. And oh, all no. this stuff. And it's oh. just very, very like harrowing. And I understand this might be a little heavy for the podcast, but I really just want to let people know that for the longest time, I was like, you know, I'll watch Chronicle and I'll be fine. And I'll watch whatever, like, mm -hmm. like whatever, you know, you got to separate the art from the artist. But damn it, no, you can't do it anymore. You can't no. let these people get money anymore. You can't let these people like the thing is if i'm willing to be like oh kevin pc's a uh, spacey's a gross piece of crap i should be willing to like you need to have this going all the way not just the people that you've liked their stuff and i like kevin spacey's stuff before but the thing is it was easier for me it's harder when it's somebody who you're truly a fan of mm -hmm. and like the way that he writes inspired the way that I write in certain senses. Cause mm -hmm. I think he's, I think he's a genius, right. but he's a terrible and awful and toxic person. And so it's just one of those things where there's story after story about him being volatile and violent and gaslighting people. And then afterwards he would be saying things like, Oh, I'm, I'm just a terrible person. Oh my gosh. And he would make people honestly feel like he was just this struggling soul and he doesn't know mm -hmm. what he's doing but in reality he knows exactly what he's doing yeah. and like i said like i don't know if this is just not gonna be popular or this is gonna be like you can honestly skip to a certain point of the podcast if you really don't want to listen to this <laughs> but i really just wanted to get this off my chest mm -hmm. that we really need to hold these people accountable as fans like we really do because yeah. the thing is sure there's the whole culture of being like okay I'm going to get a petition about this guy. You have nobody making petition. You have people making petitions to remake star Wars episode eight, but you don't have re people to do petitions to get Max Landis the hell out of projects. You understand, mm -hmm. you understand his freaking IMDB dude. It has so many credits that are upcoming. He's yeah. working on so many things and the people in Hollywood freaking know it. Mm. It's ridiculous. It's ludicrous. It's disgusting. And it is anti-woman. Yeah, that it's gross. It's disgusting. Yeah. And it's one of those things where you really just, as fans, we just got to take a stand for it because I'm going to do it. I'm never watching a Max Landis project ever again. Yeah. I'm yeah. never doing it again. Not definitely not an overreaction. No, like it's just like one of those things where like, I know I'm getting kind of heated, <laughs> but it's just like one of those things where like we need like sure you could be upset about a movie here but we need to be upset about the content of the heart of the people who are making mm -hmm. this content you know yeah you need to be upset about that we need to be making petitions to get him the hell out of projects that's yeah. what i'm saying and that's my opinion you can well, go uh, um, what what do you what do you think i well, i get a little amped you should you well, should start talking about i kind of had i had a thought to kind of piggyback off what you were saying that 
what you're saying about Max Landis and the industry is so true because up until recently, you only hear about like the marquee people like Woody Allen or other people like that where it's, oh yeah, they're, they're pieces of junk, but you know, they make good movies, so we'll put up with it. And it's so hard not swearing in this to be this, yeah. at this part to be completely honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the thing is with like Max Landis and Harvey Weinstein is that they are not like the people who are most present in like the movie cultures and on the interviews and on the talk shows mm-hmm. are being interviewed by IGN or whoever is that they're the actors and they're the most um, upfront and center of the people making the movie. When in reality, there are so many people that go into making a movie. And so things that horrible things that happen to the people in the industry that are committed by a person who you see passing the credits a few times for like being a writer and producer, they just kind of go unheeded. Like what Corey was saying, because they're, they, they just get paid and they can do whatever because they're not an actor. No one cares. No. Yeah. And it's also one of those things where, um, Max Landis, Max Landis, like there's no, there's no, it's no secret. He got where he got because of nepotism. Sure. Mm -hmm. He's an extremely talented guy. He happens to be one of the people like, he's like, no offense to like Jaden Smith, but he's less of a Jaden Smith. (laughs) You Mm -hmm. know how like, you know, Jaden Smith wouldn't be famous without Will Smith. Um, he just yeah. won it. He won it be. But the thing is, and Max Landis probably wouldn't be famous without John Landis. But with that being said, He's Max is talented. actually talented. So it's like one of those things where um, it's like it's hard, but like it's just like it's in that indoctrinated with deep Hollywood because that's his dad. His mm-hmm. dad directed Blue Bro- Blues Brothers mm-hmm. and things like that. He's a very talented writer as well. Right. So it's like one of those things where um, it's just like. It's just this oppressive and just Mm -hmm. all encompassing world because, you know, like it's the clout that he has in Hollywood is Mm -hmm. the reason why he gets away with this. And also, like one of the women pointed this out, that he always aims for like these girls just coming in from the Midwest or something, trying to Mm -hmm. make it big in Hollywood. They don't know anybody, so they don't know anybody to tell. Yeah. Any they don't know the better about. They but just see this really weird bombastic. They don't know guy. who to tell on. Exactly, and they don't. And the thing is, is they see this weird bombastic guy because he's like a, he's a personality. Like for instance, he's on a he used to do movie fights some every now mm-hmm. and then um, on Screen Junkies with them, or back when they were Screen Junkies. Um, now they're like Fandom Entertainment, I think. Or something I think it's like still that. Screen Junkies owned by Fandom Entertainment. Uh, okay, but I haven't watched them in a while. But um, they um. Well, they have their own controversies from a while back. Oh no, for sure with the whole uh, Andy Andy <laughs> Signor, mm-hmm. all that just all that stuff. We don't need to go into that though. Uh, yeah, for sure. But like, which is the thing is, is that like people need to like, which qu- real quickly segue a little bit out of this, but into it as well. But here's the thing: Me Too isn't just a Hollywood thing. No. Men in general, like in a lot of workplaces, take advantage of women. Yeah, it's not. It's just more. It's just more. Uh, it's just more sensationalized when you talk about it in Hollywood mm-hmm. or in broadcasting or yeah. in all these different things or all these different areas that get a lot of like. Because the thing is, it's a even lot of as, attention. Yeah, it's even in like, and like even in like places of like in regular places of work. Like, and the thing is, what it's given me like attention is that even in my workplace and even in different like 
associations that I'm involved in, I keep a more keen eye for what's happening around me because mm-hmm. sometimes people don't want to speak up and different things like that. And rightfully so, because a lot of people have their careers on the line. A lot of people mm-hmm. have all these things on the line for them. So they don't want to speak up. So I would just encourage people to kiss, keep an eye out Yeah, it's and just look out for each mm-hmm. other. And men like you're, it's but not, terrible. it's not your, it's not your like, it's not your duty to protect women. They can protect themselves, but be on their damn side. Yep. That's what I'm saying. Be on their damn side. You know, don't be against them. Don't say this, not all men shit and all this stuff like that, you know? Yeah. So it's just like one of those things where you got to kind of just, it's kind of like when, yeah. So like when the hero walks up to the bad guys and his henchmen, he's like, Oh yeah, you're going to fight all of us. Oh, not just her. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, like so, like I, 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 I guess I probably just don't really have uh, anything else to uh, really this, say anymore. But I, I really just wanted to talk about oh, this. Like yeah, I really wanted fine. to say that it's. I just think it's really important. Th- this is the. This is kind of like the battle that we need to have now with Max Landis and Harvey Weinstein. So like, mm-hmm. when Marty from the mailroom is being really creepy to Joanne in accounting, yeah, it can be dealt with quickly and efficiently. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And not have somebody be able to do this to so many people and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And so and it's hard. And I don't know, I guess I guess if you're listening to this and you've dealt with any of these problems, remember that you are brave and you are courageous and you are wonderful. You are a wonderful man or woman that has gone through this. And it is awful that this has happened. But remember that they can never take your power away. So, yeah. Now, do you want to move on to some slightly less uh, yes. <laughs> unnerving controversy? I, I would love to get our <laughs> normally jovial tone. Are you there. Are you still listening, listeners? <laughs> I hope so. I'm sorry be. if that got a little too heavy I'm for I'm going to come to your house and haunt you. Um, <laughs> ooh, ooh, chat's the ghost. I'm a millennial ghost. Ooh, avocados on cracker. <laughs> um, Dude, I went to this awesome brunch spot first watch if you've ever heard of it gosh they have amazing avocado toast the bread is just this nice whole grain and they're like it's like an avocado like the avocado has like a little sweet kind of chili tint to it mm. it's so damn good it's tiny pieces of toast Ooh. Um, no but much less uh, stifling controversy is sony being dumb by making their movies and in this case it is the new men in black movie men in black International. Okay, it's just ridiculous. This is just ridiculous. So, um, figured out, Sony. Like, so, um, is it F. Gary Gray that directed this? I'm trying to. I think so. I think I'm fairly certain that's F. Gary Gray who directed Straight Out Compton. Um, very talented guy. Um, and we have an amazing cast. Two of my favorite actors right now, Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth. It even has it. racism apologist Liam Neeson because he felt so bad about it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I didn't need to bring that up. No, it's just I have so many thoughts on that and so many thoughts that just aren't really all that popular. <laughs> later. That. No, but no. Yeah, we can talk about that later. But it's one of those things where um, so F. Gary Gray directed. He did. Fast and Fate, um, Fate of the Furious. Strata Compton. Lopitex. Wow, he did Law Abiding Citizen. That's a pretty good movie. Were we talking about Law Abiding Citizen we, we were like talk- last week? We, we, we were like the thing is like, like I watched bits and Wame. pieces. <laughs> like I realized, like I may have said I haven't seen Law Abiding Citizen, but I realized that I've watched like it on TV like yes. a few times. <laughs> it just blends together. It's like, is this taken four? No, because it literally is on TV all the time. Now that I think about it, but yes. anyways, 
Um, Moving on. But yeah, he he's a good 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 old talented director. And um, there's a, a script that they decided on for this Men in Black movie. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be about immigration and all this stuff like that. And they had a story that they set out to make. Sony was like, yes. The producer was like, yes. The executive producer was like, yes. The executive producer left Sony before the production of the film. And so they just didn't replace it. So they had this other producer, and F. Gary Gray, just fighting it out. Mm-hmm. The producer would get rewrites and just completely change the story because he didn't want to tell the story that they had to normally agree on. So mm-hmm. there's always contention on set. Mm-hmm. Um, the producer would um, hire for reshoots, would get script rewrites at every corner he got. Oh. And so at one point, they were literally left. Gary Gray was like, OK, let's do your cut. And let's do my cut. And let's show it to people and then see what happens. That's a really so, expensive compromise. Exactly. And so they did both. They did both. And the thing is, I'm really curious to see the F. Gary Gray cut, even though I actually haven't seen the movie. Give well, us the F. Gary Gray cut of Justice, I mean, Men in Black. <laughs> but what happened was basically they showed it in front of all these producers and stuff. But it turns out that producer who had the other cut, um, the producer's cut, was like, oh, yeah, but it's definitely my choice. So I'm just going to use my cut. What? Isn't that nuts? Isn't that crazy? Well, if so, you said you're just going to do that, then why did I even bother with my, making my movie? I think he honestly did it out of full petty. Like, honestly. Because the thing is, it doesn't, like, sure, it takes money. But also, it's one of the things where you understand they're shooting takes and different mm-hmm. things like that. So it, it bundles in. So it probably didn't cost a ton of money. They're just doing what they're doing. Yeah, but, just... rega- but regardless, um, Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth had to hire a writer on hand to buff up their uh, their dialogue oh on my, hand. No way. That's, Isn't that like that's and then insane? You want to know the most ludicrous part of all of this? What? Sony didn't do anything about it. They're just like <sighs> laissez-faire the whole time. They're like hands off, not my business when it's your business. It's, it's like, just like ridiculous. You know, you know, like so- it's crazy. You know Sony was just like can Marvel fix it? Oh, they have nothing to do with this. Mm-hmm. Ah, it'll be fine. No, it's just like one of those things where I'm just like, bruhs. Come on, it's not that hard. Just get people who have maybe not the exact same thing, but they're all pushing the same direction. No, for sure. Right. And it's just like one of those things where I'm just like, bruhs. Stop. Bruhs, stop. This is exactly what happened to Hellboy. Uh-huh. And this is exactly what happened to Josh Trank's Fantastic Four movie. Exactly. It's just like it's these studios, I'm like, just... I think that people say it's studio interference. I think it's stu- anti-studio interference. It's one dude in the studio that gets written off as studio interference. Exactly. And it's just like one hotshot dude that just think hotshot producer who thinks that he knows better. And the thing is, is a lot of times producers do know better or they do know like a great deal. Like, I'm sorry, Kathleen Kennedy knows a lot. Like, like a lot of producers know a ton. They're there to reel in the director if they exactly. get too crazy. But. Exactly. And they're there to make sure. And that's like what they do. They, they produce. Mm-hmm. They create the content. And mm-hmm. that's ultimately what they they ultimately get hired their directors, get mm-hmm. the writers, um, kind of get all these things going together. And honestly, like, but obviously the writers are kind of the ones who start the story, mm-hmm. actually, technically. But it's a lot of pieces that mash together. Like, yeah, but that one dude from The Incredibles, it's yeah. like a clock. Yeah, but it was one at work without producing. If one person <clears throat> messes it up, then the whole thing just explodes. No, indeed. So it's just like one of those things that's really disheartening when... 
Like, apparently they had a great script that everybody agreed on. And I don't understand. Where was this producer when the executive producer um, was there still? Where was he saying, oh, I don't like this? Because then, at least then, they could be like, okay, well, let's talk about that. Um, Why, like, I don't understand the timeline of things where this person is just being so ridiculous. And the thing is, is like, I don't, I don't, and I also don't think I'm being too fair to the producer because, like, who knows? F. Gary Gray could have been making some really just crappy decisions. Now, granted, I, I, we're usually the ones to side with like the director. The yeah, writers, exactly. Like, you, you really need to actually think about what produce because the, the producers do know a lot. So it's I, just, I it's, think a better compromise could be reached and going behind his back and saying, oh, yeah, you make yours, I'll make mine. And then just I'm going and anyway, and just, <laughs> yeah, and just going ahead and, and making his the final cut. It's just kind of ridiculous. It's just like, I don't know, I, you can feel like you wasted your time. So that's, I'm willing to give that other dude the benefit of the doubt, but that's a really underhanded thing to do. Oh, no, for sure. And it's just like one of those things that's just bonkers. Yeah. I just don't even know how, like, Sony is being crazy. Like, that whole Sony hack, all that stuff, like, a part of me is just like, oh, my gosh, well, at least Sony has a PlayStation. Like, at first, I was like, you know, at least Sony has the PlayStation 4. <laughs> it's the only thing that's keeping them afloat right now. Their film division is going to crap. But it's just, like, one of the things where I'm actually, like, I was actually getting really jazzed mm-hmm. about a lot of the movies that Sony was releasing, like Spider-Man Into the Spider- Spider-Verse and everything like that. Like, Hopefully Venom 2 is better. Hopefully it is, too. I'm actually thinking about watching Venom again. I saw that it was on demand for free right now. So I was like, ooh, yeah, check that out. I, I haven't watched Venom yet, but I saw like the post credit scene. You have it? No. Well, I've seen parts of it. Okay. I did, Venom. I didn't have anyone. Venom. literally made a song for it, and it's amazing. It is pretty good. Venom. It's terrible. Venom. It's good for working out. Like, have you seen the music video that dropped on Jimmy Kimmel with it? No. He's like on top of a building in Detroit with Guillermo from Jimmy Kimmel. Why? I don't know. That's hilarious. I'm not sure if Guillermo's in the actual video, but like in the skit they do, it's just like... Hi, Mr. Eminem. I bought you another microphone. Oh, thanks, Guillermo. <laughs> venom, venom, venom. Guillermo is just like the unsung hero of Jimmy Kimmel Live. I know. It's like... Jimmy Kimmel over Jimmy Fallon any day, by the ways. Dude, Jimmy Kimmel and Stephen Colbert any They're day amazing. before. And Seth, and Seth Myers, I even I'm liking more than Jimmy um, Jimmy Fallon at this point. And this is coming from a guy who used to be a huge Jimmy Fallon fan. I just got really <laughs> tired of the. <laughs> With everything, I'm like, guys, I'm oh, sorry. I'm God. like, dude, the, her literal inflection of being like, Ur! and her voice wasn't that funny, Jimmy. Oh, my gosh. Just stop. It wasn't. Calm down. But like I said, I haven't seen Venom. I've seen clips of it. And I think Venom was unintentionally hilarious. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> there's like the whole kissing scene. Yeah. Where I'm... like, Ven- where, like um, she Venom is going on. And then she makes out with Eddie Brock. Mm. And then Eddie Brock goes on to like yeah like eh, it's hard to describe but you know exactly what i'm talking like uh but like i remember laughing hysterically plenty of times venom like when you when he wanted to jump him to jump off the roof well yeah but like (laughs) no it was just crazy he's like i think i'm going to stay here why on my planet i'm a bit of a loser like you (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like oh that's weirdly endearing i think no, like the thing is, is that Venom really had the potential of being a really great film. And now that the studio 
like people like it, they should let the creators do more with it. So I think, it'll, I, think it'll be, I think it'll be much better. But speaking of Spider-Man right. and Spider-Man. Well, I wanted to mention real quick. Oh, sorry, okay. to, sorry to like muck up your transition. You totally mucked it up. I know. Oh, I saw the, I, I just went on YouTube to look at the postcard scheme with Woody Harrelson as Cletus Cassidy. Although Woody Harrelson's hair looks kind of dumb. I think he'll be great as Cletus Cassidy. Like, yeah, his hair looks super stupid. <laughs> He's like, did someone put a mop on Woody Harrelson's head right before the camera started rolling? Anyway, so back to Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Corey? I'm sorry. I just saw a really weird headline. I'm super... okay. Do you so want to share the I want to share the headline. Okay. Thousands petition Netflix to cancel Amazon's Amazon Prime's Good Omens. Cancel? How does that even work? I How don't does know. Netflix... And it says, like... Uh, the funny thing is Neil Gaiman, who's the direct, who's the writer of um, uh, Good Omens and um, Sandman and all that stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, crazy guy. Anyways, um, he goes, you can't actually make this stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like 20 and it says over 20,000 people pledged to boycott the wrong company. <laughs> Why do they want it gone are, anyway? I don't know. Because of like all the like Satan imagery in it. Like, not, that might be it. But I was just I just thought that was funny. But speaking of Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Spider-Man. So this week. Um, they decided to do a um a countdown a countdown for Spider Man like, and um and so people were thinking that maybe it had to do with Spider Man Homecoming. It specifically said hashtag Marvel Comics by it, <laughs> so it's a Marvel Comics. I thought it was a Marvel Comics <laughs> announcement, and yours truly was right as usual because I'm always right. You know, you know me. Anyways, so he um, is the humblest guy mm-hmm. ever. You know me. I'm the humblest. <laughs> have you ever, have you ever seen um, Pop Star Never Stop Never Stopping? No, nope. like um, Lonely Island movie. You should check it out because there's will. a song called "I'm Humble" and he just raps about how he's humble the entire time, <laughs> and it's just hilarious. Oh, but no. anyways, um, what I was getting at is that they did a countdown. Everybody was excited. Everybody was like, "Oh my gosh, they're gonna do a comic version of Spider Man of Raimi's Spider Man Four. It's gonna be amazing." And then they're like three, and everybody's like, "Aw, dang two. it." And one. And it turns out that J.J. Abrams and his son Henry Abrams is doing a comic. And I know this isn't a comic podcast or anything like that. We talk about comic book movies a lot, though. Yeah, but, we do because um, we're nerds. But um, they're doing a comic book, a limited series run, and it's about Spider-Man. And I, they're doing a new villain. Like J.J. created a new villain for this. And I'm actually kind of interested because J.J. makes some really good villains. Yeah, Kylo Ren. And stuff like that, and so it's the big monster from Super Eight. So like, I'm very, <laughs> so I'm very excited. I'm ignoring you. I'm very <laughs> excited to see what he and Henry do, and I'm also excited if you could see Henry's writing chops on this. Because here's the deal, you know, like sure nepotism <laughs> sure his daddy's a jj abrams so he's gonna get some you know stuff in life that lens flare jr it's gonna be a little bit easier for him to get himself into the writing industry and stuff like that but you can't discount that you can't discount the fact that he is born of talent mm-hmm. and genetically he has he's more predisposed to being more talented in those areas mm-hmm. so like why not give the kid a chance 
like me. Exactly. A chance. <laughs> True. Give Ooh. the kid a chance. Ooh, <laughs> spooky chance. <laughs> I need to stop so, doing So <laughs> I'm pretty excited for this. I'm excited for J.J. Abrams to attack to tackle a comic. It's a nice small thing. And it also kind of warmed my heart now thinking about it because he's talking about how he was wanting to not do as many Star Wars stuff because he wanted to spend time with his family. And he's getting to spend time with his kid that's writing great. this book. And I think that's really cool. Like, um, what do you think, man? Oh, I think it's good. And in defense of the internet, because they have a tendency to overreact. They do. Um, I don't know why they started the countdown with a webbed up four instead of a webbed up five, because that just got the internet all mad. Like they really should have just started it. They with should five. have started like, it. Five. I have no idea why. I think like the guy at Marvel Twitter was probably like, "Oh shoot, forgot the five. Forgot to tweet that out. Too late. Whoopsie. I guess I'm gonna do the four. <laughs> well, because. If they had done the five, they would have just like, oh, I wonder what that is. But like, so they went with the four. It's like, oh, Raimi Spider-Man four. And then when like three is like, oh, Mark Webb Spider-Man three to oh, into the Spider-Verse two. <laughs> it just turned it into a meme at that point. And I kind of figured it was going to be a comic book. Um, I mean, I guess it was possible. Like it could have been like the Raimi Spider-Man in a comic book form for number four. Because I think that would be really sweet. And I think since the com since um people like came up with that idea that idea, Marvel should be like, whoa, people would definitely read that. Maybe yeah. let's get into contact with Sony and get into contact a little bit with them and see if we mm -hmm. could adapt that. It's kind of like I think that'd be really cool. Even though I don't think they really need to go through Sony to do that. I think that they just need to talk with probably mm -hmm. like Avi Arad and all those guys. Oh, Avi Arad. <laughs> yep. Spider-Man can't be white or can't be black anyways. But you can sell more uh, toys if yeah. he's black, Avi. <laughs> like, Avi, Spider-Man can't be black Arad. Sorry, he still pisses me <laughs> off because of saying that. Like, yeah. it'll always <laughs> piss me off. As like a huge <sighs> Miles fan, it just really makes me mad. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what was I saying? Oh, yeah, like like the that would be a good idea if just like the give some the Raimi fans a little bit of closure even though Spider-Man 3 was kind of closure not well Spider-Man 3 is not perfect but it's an okay movie in hindsight if you just ignore a few things um but i think that would be a great idea considering what they did with the clone wars after Ooh, ended you scared <laughs> oh good goblin junior <laughs> goblin junior <laughs> gonna cry gonna <laughs> gonna cry <laughs> Um, why do we keep quoting bad Spider-Man movies? What do you pay the damn rent? <laughs> You're a fraud, Spider-Man. <laughs> You're a fraud, Spider-Man. <laughs> like they did in the Clone Wars, <laughs> where they had stories they couldn't tell in the show, so they just turned them into comic books Gosh. and graphic novels. But no, the Spider-Man, like J.J. Abrams, I think, I like when other creators from other mediums mediums take like shots comic books, like, um, like like uh, Joss Whedon had an X-Men run. He the, probably the best X-Men run <laughs> that I've read. Yeah. He's so good with the X-Men. And like I honestly wouldn't mind him. I I don't I probably wouldn't want him to direct it, but I wouldn't mind him writing so, another X-Men movie. My friend Sparks and I, uh who's also on uh, the Underachievers Games podcast. Um he's the one who has been sick for like the last year and a half. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love you Sparks. Uh, we we were playing Borderlands the other day. And we were just kind of talking about how, you know, bringing the X-Men or the Fantastic Four in the MCU is going to be a writing nightmare. And uh, we were just talking about, like, like he thought maybe having Joss Whedon direct X-Men would be cool. And I'm like, yeah, it's cool, but Age of Ultron kind of burnt him out on, you know, playing other people's games on, you know, this has to connect to this, this, and this. And then you can do whatever. But so he still did Justice League. He still did Justice League. You know? Somehow. 
So I think that'd be cool. But like I said, creators and other medium mediums have shown. And like Sparks is the one who told me that Joss Whedon did uh, X-Men like two days ago. Cause I completely forgot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I believe I'm giving you the credit. I believe Sparks. that it was, um, astonishing. Or I think uncanny. it was astonishing. I think it was astonishing. I'm not sure. I'm going to look it up because I remember reading it. I just have a really bad shelf life for memori- for remembering what comics I've read because I've read too many of them. So it's good. It's fun. Time for today's spo- sponsor, a- Comicsology. No, because the problem for me is that I read so many of them before I even paid attention to writers. Mm-hmm. So right. there's that issue. Well, yeah, that's true. So but it's like, like one of those things. Like I was saying, though, a creator from It's a astonishing. Medium. I was okay, right. astonishing. X-Men. It was astonishing. A creator from a different medium going into comic books can be pretty good. And if JJ like gets really close to his son through this way, uh, all power to him. And the kid looks exactly like his dad too. It's kind and of and the funny. kid probably likes Spider Man like every other kid. No, yeah, exactly. So it's probably a dream come true for this kid. No, dude, it's. I think that it's great, and I think that it's a really good thing to cut his. It's a good thing for him, the for his kid to cut his teeth on too, as far as writing goes, yeah, comics, because you get the visual. Because mm-hmm. you know he gets to write, and then he instantly gets to because and he has to describe as a writer, mm-hmm. he has to describe stuff to the artist. Mm-hmm. Basically, he's writing direction, so he's getting really good um, stuff for storyboarding and stuff. If he eventually wants to become a director, writer, mm-hmm. director like his pops, he will get a lot of the good skills. From writing a comic like this, yeah, and I to, think that it's quite good. Just put for your him. mind inside, like you know, uh, like a camera or like a radio, just like how is this going to look? No, for sure. And I think it's that's good. And um, who gets to say they wrote a comic book at the age of eighteen? I guess like I don't Spider-Man know. Spider Man like, comic. Like, book. Honestly, I'm gonna like try and see check out what his age is because it's like I think that it's is like, it not eighteen? I'm, I'm like I, I was just kind of spitballing by how he looked when I was talking to you about it earlier. Okay. So like I feel like I'm. Bear, like I, I want to make sure to get it right because even if he's like younger, th- well, like even twenty five, I don't think he's like twenty five. Okay. Let's see. He's feeling twenty two. I don't want. I don't. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling <laughs> twenty five. That's <laughs> well, funnier than twenty four. Twenty five. <laughs> now we're just quoting SpongeBob to fill time while Corey looks up how old Henry Henry, Henry Abrams. Abrams. Let's see. Henry Abrams is J.J. Abrams' son. Oh, wow. He's 21 years old. Hey, Henry, do you want to hang out? No, but the funny thing is what I posted was, was because on Facebook, um, I um, looked at the news there, and I said, uh, and basically I was like, I said, can J.J. Abrams adopt me so I can write a limited run comic book series? <laughs> Personally, I would tackle a Moon Knight comic where he battles all of his personalities and then ultimately faces off with his repressed original self. See? Isn't that a great idea, J.J.? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, you know, laughing at my own jokes. But I feel like that would be a very good comic, don't you think? I think, I think, be a great that, comic. I think that would be a really good comic. I might actually write it. I might actually just... See, just, just, send it, it. just put it in the mailbox and be like, Marvel, what's going on? Here? <laughs> and then some secretary named Al's is like, got another one. Put it away. Got another Moon Knight one. <laughs> got another Moon Knight fanfic. We got to get it out of here. <laughs> Goodness, Dolores. <laughs> <laughs> all these guys, get, all these guys think they can be a Brian Michael Bendis. <laughs> uh, no one's going to listen to this podcast. They have no idea what we're even talking about. <laughs> 
I think a lot of people just listen to this podcast because they love the sounds of our voice. To oh, be honest. well, thank you, random stranger. But plus, uh, I do have some nerdy people who I know who really enjoy this podcast. And I really oh, appreciate and love the fact that you can keep up with how nerdy and weird we are. I appreciate you, <laughs> Corey's acquaintance. And but, maybe my acquaintance. Um, but, yeah. So, I guess, transitioning that real quick. I know we're going a little longer. No, that's fine. That's so fine. Another, there's another bit of Spider-Man news. Uh-huh. Well, it's uh, some footage was shown. Yeah, you're uh, right. Some footage was shown of like uh, I Mysterio. 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 Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal. Jake. Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Uncle Ben and Hall. Uh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> anyway, just kidding. Yeah. Um, there's new footage shown of like just kind of a little uh, a little sizzle reel because the movie drops in like oh ten ish days. Uh, it comes out right before I go on vacation, so there'll probably be another guest host around here. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it'll be BK. I'm thinking of doing an indie day that day. An indie gonna, day? Yeah, I was thinking about talking about indie movies all day. Whoa. Yeah. For, it's like 24 hours of I indie know, movies. Well, like, yeah, I was thinking about doing like a good list of independent films to just recommend to people and just talk about it. And I was going to talk about it with my friend Cece. And Cece, if you're listening to that, I definitely did not tell you that plan, but you're, I'm telling you now. Hey, Anyways. Cece, you're coming on the podcast. No take backsies. Um, <laughs> well, like she wanted to go on the podcast. I just keep on forgetting to I just keep on forgetting her, to give her details because I'm annoying. But, you, you know, yeah. so <laughs> oh, anyway, OK, I'm, I'm leaving. You could just finish out the podcast now. This Whatever. is your house. You know, OK, I'm leaving. You can live here now, I guess. See you guys. Uh, oh, yeah. Bye. See ya. Bye, Corey. Carson, or, or Carson. Um, Did you call me Carson? Chance is rude. I'm not rude. Carson's one of my coworkers. It's he comical. might be listening to this podcast, too. I know if you, I know he's listened to one of one or two of them. Anywho. But anyways, <laughs> the Mysterio. So first off, it just shows like. Like Mysterio, be just like, "Hey, Peter, you all right?" Because apparently uh, Nick Fury got a little mouthy with him. Like, but so first of all, the Mysterio costume looks, looks so, so good. good. It's like it's like it leapt off the page, and, and it's just in the. Like I know that's such a stupid or anything. I know that's like the weird thing because I thought it would look dumb. It looks so good. Like it looks it's so good. It's like if someone made the Black Manta costume from Aquaman, but it was amazing and exactly. not a little goofy because. There's a giant fishbowl on his head. How does it not look goofy, but somehow it looks awesome? How did oh, they do that? It looks amazing. And anyway, so he's just like, oh, man, it's it's fine. Like, it's like, I'm glad I have someone to talk about this superhero stuff. And then there's just going like a sizzle reel of like the, the new black and red suit and his little spider parachute and like the elementals who may or may not be fake. Uh-huh. No, for sure. And this like the. Whoa, welcome to the Avengers, Mysterio. And I was like, what? So I'm, I'm just not sure how they're going to subvert expectations. Are they going to subvert them like, like, like for people who don't know the comic books? Like, oh, he's a villain pretending to be a hero or. Or it's like a little bit more complicated than yeah, that. Yeah, it's like. Like, all I know is that from the fan reactions is I've only seen that one little scene. I didn't watch this as a real. Okay. But um, I, from what I've seen. From people's reactions, people are like Mysterio is a force to reckon with, and Myster- they're not like or they're not using that language actually. Mm-hmm. But they're saying Mysterio is just so a great character, and I'm like super excited because like whether he's villainous or not, I like the ambiguity of a lot of Spider-Man villains because mm-hmm. a lot of them are not bad because they're bad, like you know the Vulture. In this case, in this incarnation of the MCU, mm. he, you know, well, the government's a, being jerks. So yeah, I'm like, going to be an even bigger jerk. And the thing is for he, my family. Yeah. And he even like 
reached out to Peter because he's like, Peter, this is guys like us. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and it's like very mm -hmm. true because there was a through line with Peter and mm -hmm. the vulture. That was very interesting. And Peter always has these really good connections with the villains that he has. And mm -hmm. I know it's a bit cliched, but I you really can argue that's a strength or a weakness of Spider-Man. No, exactly. And so, like, I really like that the area that they're going in. And even if whether he's a villain or not. Mysterio, I genuinely think they're going to surprise us in some way. You know, the post credit scene is just going to be like Mysterio after like he gets defeated or goes off on his own because he feels bad or something. And you know, <laughs> Michael Keaton's just going to walk in and just like use the same dialogue. It's like, oh, good thing your old pal Spider Man was there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, Spider Man. And his eyes are going to do that thing that. Like, like Michael Keaton does this thing where literally his eyes get like 10 times mm. bigger in like a moment. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then Jake Gyllenhaal is just gonna be like, why does that guy have a scorpion tattoo? That looks stupid. Oh no. It's like, you look stupid fishbowl. <laughs> Sinister no, six boys. It's happening. Dude. Sinister six is definitely going to be what they're going to be focusing on for this third Thing. Yeah, I think it's gonna be sweet. <laughs> they're just gonna bring venom in from a dimensional. And portal. they're not gonna <laughs> just walk through a hallway with all the Sinister Six um um equipment there. You mean they're putting in the legwork this time? Yeah, they're that's actually awesome. putting in the legwork and actually developing characters. Goodness, even Good for you, I Sony. Not, even when you mess up, I would up, not still... mind a Sinister Six movie with Michael Keaton in it, with Jake Gyllenhaal in it, with whoever the guy who's playing Scorpion, the spooky in it. Scorpion guy, with uh, like, whoever picks up the Shocker gloves. Yeah, like, like at this point, anyone. What do you call yourself, the Shocker with that dumb bomber jacket? Like, yeah, yeah, like Bokeen Woodbine's the guy who played um, him, and he's actually way better of an actor than like I liked Homecoming quite a bit. Like you all know that, mm -hmm. like you right. know that I love Homecoming, but. Um, Bokeem Woodbine was actually the villain in, um, Fargo season two. And he's Back actually, yeah, exactly. He's actually really, really good. And I think that it. they could do, yeah, watch Fargo. It's great. But, um, it's one of the things where, um, I think that it's very interesting that he can, like, I think they could actually expand on his character and he could be a shocker. But yeah, and they need to do Otto Octavius still, which maybe they could introduce Otto. And I think, have you played? Oh. I haven't, Scott. You, you haven't played Spider Man PS4 yet. Well, it's because I don't have a PS4. Corey. Do you plan on getting a PS4? I know, and you know, broadcasters make more than uh, they do. I'm buying a PlayStation 5 the day it comes out. I don't even care. I told, I was like, I don't care. I'm already going to save up money for it. Well, if you work at a uh, popular electronic store sometime, <laughs> you know that's you know that's what I'm trying to do. You should get you should like use your employee discount to uh, get the PlayStation Five when it comes out. Oh yeah, you could do that, but you could also uh, slide your boy uh, Xbox Project Scarlet while you're at it. Yo, I'm sorry, but I'm only gonna. I just wish that I could play video games with you, Chance. Like seriously, it just makes me sad. I know. Well, like they like Phil Spencer was kind of leading to it. Like I thought he was just like we get to play with anyone. You can play with anyone, anywhere, anytime. And I was just like. Come on, Phil, say it, say cross platform. He didn't say, oh, he kind of said cross platform, but not in that way. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's definitely third party games who are making it possible. Like you can play Fortnite third party now. I'm not sure if you can do it with Apex. I think, mm -hmm. I don't know what other, there's another game you can too, but. No, for sure. It's de there, there's little fibers being put, weaved together to make a little bridge of, uh, you know, because Sony's in the past was just like, why would we let you link your Epic account to something else when mm -hmm. Sony's the best place to play? But I want to play on my Switch. Too bad. 
I feel you. But final thoughts. We're talking about final thoughts. But now it's gonna be time for our final thoughts. And my final question to you, Chance, is if you had any video game that you could make into an amazing movie, which one would it be? Oh, man, Ooh-hoo. that was beautiful. A video game that I could make into an amazing movie. Yeah, like, and it will be good. Like, it, you It'll be a, great. You have a 100% chance that it will be good. I know it's not realistic, but okay, for the sake of the question. So, I would... So, like I said, I've been playing... Last six weeks or so, I've been playing Borderlands with my friend. Oh, that would be such my a fun friend movie. Sparks. I think that would be a, such a so, fun movie. I think because I think originally Borderlands was being developed as a Mad Max game, mm-hmm. but they kind of changed it up. So I think that an amazing movie, like maybe in the style of Mad Max, could be made out of Borderlands or Borderlands Two. I think that'd be brilliant. I, I love do. that. Like. They could get someone like Ignat. Oh, I really want somebody like Ignat- Robert Downey Jr. playing Handsome Jack. Oh, Robert Downey Jr. being Handsome Jack. Because, would be so amazing. Like, can I say a bad word real quick? Yeah, sure. <laughs> like Robert Downey Jr. being a douchebag as Handsome Jack would be so amazing. No, like seriously. I think that. Oh, goodness. Oh, that'd be so great. Like, I think it'd be great. I genuinely condone and I think that idea is great. Anywho, what idea. about you? What, what video game would you turn into a movie? Um, a funny thing is, I guess we were talking about video games that we've been playing lately. So I delved back into Zelda Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that like a really cool like animated series or an animated movie about Zelda would be awesome. And I think that like, have you ever, you know, you don't worry and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I think something in the style eyes of Ori in an animated film would be really cool for Zelda breath of, for Zelda or something like that. I think that a cool Zelda series would be awesome. You guess you run into the issue of like Link not talking. I don't know if you'd have Link talking or if you could have him just be a silent protagonist still. It could be like um well, you could be like Tom and Jerry where they don't talk. <laughs> no, that's that's true, but I just think it would be really cool with having like like one thing one issue that I had with Breath of the Wild was that the voice acting kind of sucked at least on the American side of everything like the Japanese voices were probably <laughs> those quite American good. dubs uh, they're never as good no like the yeah like the that like the Japanese voices were probably quite good like I'll check it out and it probably mm-hmm. is better but it's one of the things it's just where, like a language I don't you know you don't speak and it's sort of difficult exactly you know? so it's just like one of the things where um I think that that would be really cool. But I um like also thinking about what was a game that just has gripped me. I'm just gonna think for a second that's gripped me story wise. Because the thing is, I know like you know, amazing like, gameplay only goes so far when you turn into a movie. I know, but I really want them to kind of adapt um, Spider-Man PS4. I want them to put elements of that in a story of Peter Parker being like um at the end of his college career Hmm. because i think that's a really good i think that's a really i think it's a really good coming of age story in a different spot that most coming of age stories are Mm -hmm. because that's the last um game story that really gripped me the way that it did but i just love the world of zelda and i felt like the world of zelda would be translated super well on the film and if they can make a story or crack a really good story with it i think Mm -hmm. that'd be awesome and i I honestly think the story bits of um, Zelda Breath of the Wild is quite good. I just think there needs to be mm. more of them to be fleshed out, which is the reason why I'm very glad they're doing a sequel to Breath yeah. of the Wild. Like, 
I think the best example of this is that like anime inspired Wolfenstein series on uh, oh no no, for no sure. Castlevania not Wolfenstein no yeah I knew what you're talking uh, about a Castlevania series that if you haven't checked out and you like Castlevania it is super good mm-hmm. um like just the point because like the people who make that love the games and if there's someone who like loves Zelda and like they have filmmakers who like still have like a passion for the project it can turn out great no yeah. for sure. The potential's always there. It's just executing the potential, and that's where it's become iffy for video games. Exactly, movies. but like you know, Detective Pikachu was quite good yeah. as far as like it was an okay movie. Like it was the best comic book movie, and it's not like and I'm saying that it's okay. I mean, video game movie, yeah, video game movie. It's, it's saying that is okay isn't a dog on it. I know people say movies are okay to make them seem bad, but I was good. like, it's good. average. I'm like. Like it's so good. Like you know how hard it is to make an okay movie? Exactly. Like it's a good movie. But anyways, um with that, we're just gonna go wind down to a close. Thank you all for listening. Listen or I will thank haunt you. For, you. <laughs> also thank you for you know indulging me and letting me and letting me rant about different stuff today. And indulging the um, spooky voice. Exactly. That could have not worked. But it probably doesn't. So we'll see. But thank you all. I really appreciate you all for listening. Y'all have a good one. Watch a good movie. Um, you know, uh, tweet at me at Osborne in a cabin. Tell me what you think of Toy Story three when you think when you watch it. But no spoiler, don't spoil it for me. That'd be rude. Spoil, um, and you will have your house though on fire. I'll make sure. sure all your pets and relatives are out of the house, but your house will be on fire. Oh, for sure. That's good chance as a very classy arsonist. <laughs> <laughs> I don't burn down warehouses because I'm not an amateur. <laughs> okay, well. We're going to wind things down. You have a great one. Thank you for listening. Box Office Bros out.